Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. From Postcard from the Past and the multi-award-winning Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is a place where we decipher biro on printed cardboard, make semi-private messages fully public and emerge sometimes a little the wiser as we investigate old picture postcards, their messages and their images as they take us from Arbroath to Zena and we explore what it is that causes us to keep hold of these little cardboard rectangles. Each time now I meet a guest... And it's their postcards that act as small clues to direct us towards memories, mysteries and stories. I'm Tom Jackson. I'm delighted to say that today my guest on the podcast is Professor Julia Gillen. Julia, welcome to Podcasts from the Past. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Tom. Now, Julia Gillen is a Professor of Literacy Studies in the Department of Linguistics and English Language at Lancaster University. She has worked with and written a lot about postcards. Um, in fact, she's the author of a new academic work, which is called The Edwardian Picture Postcard as a Communications Revolution, um, which is a fine book and actually sums up some of her work in this area. And it kind of developed, I understand, we'll talk about this a bit later, uh, uh, from her work as principal investigator, which sounds a bit sort of uh, Columbo, uh, for The Edwardian Postcard Project, uh, which was an attempt to bring together thousands of messages from Edwardian postcards and to try to draw some kind of um, mes- uh, message of their own from those messages to try to understand something of the practice um, of p- picture postcard writing in the Edwardian era. Now, we're going to be discussing that a bit later on. Um, but first, uh, Julia, you join us today bearing a very clear BN postmark. What's that? Brighton. Ah, yes. So why is why why what's your association with Brighton? I was born in Brighton, um, and although I left when I was four, we used to go back a lot because we had three grandparents still living there. Then there was obviously a phase after the after they died when I didn't go so much. But in recent years, I've been going again, and I absolutely love it. I think it's a wonderful place, and it is one of the best um, English seaside resorts. And of course, seaside resorts. It's not are... your nearest from Lancaster. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> no, but English seaside resorts are associated with postcards, although obviously more in the modern era. Era than than in than in the era that I'm most interested in, yes. which is uh, 1901 to 1910. Yes, I suppose in the, the post war era, the, the picture postcard and the seaside are inextricably linked. But there were still plenty of seaside postcards in the Edwardian era. Oh, there really were. Yes, absolutely. There was a whole phase. Actually, there was a phase when the most 
fashionable cards were those of actresses. Of course, yes. And yes, everyone yes. was collecting actress cards. And then the next craze that came along and superseded that was called Rough Seas. Ah, oh, yes. And it started by being um, uh, waves, um, obviously, at seaside resorts and other places. But actually, the publishers were often touching up the pictures to make the waves look even more spectacular than they had been. It's so... almost inexplicable as, as an interest <laughs> because all the waves look the same, really. The pictures are clearly fake because yes. you wouldn't know the wave was coming, except I suppose you could have, you could have a very high tide and rough weather, but to yeah. catch the wave. I've seen them with messages saying, the the record wave. Yes, yes, I thought, yes. well, yes. how have you measured this <laughs> yes, exactly? Yes, yes. Very peculiar. Yeah. Do, did Brighton have rough wave pictures? They must have done, rough seas. I think they must have done. I think every everywhere did, yes, yeah. yes. And some of them aren't necessarily associated with particular places. As you said, they're just record waves or big waves or uh, things. But I just find it so funny to think that the practice of collecting celebrity actresses was superseded by the rough waves. I just yes. find that quite extraordinary. Yes. Well, I suppose if we understood popular taste, we'd all be millionaires. But it is, it is very odd. You go from a, a beautiful woman to uh, a rough sea. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, impenetrable, really, but there you go. So, Julia, when did you last send a postcard? Oh, um, probably about six months ago, actually. Um, I'll just about forgive that. I was in Bisbee, Arizona, which is a marvellous copper mining town with an extraordinary post office that dates from 1920. So I thought I can't resist sending a few postcards from here. Lovely, lovely. And uh, where did you send them? Uh, Just my brother and my mother, yes. Perfect. Mothers are ultimately designed to have postcards sent to them, I think. Indeed. It does work. It does work. Yes. Right, before we uh, see and hear about the cards that Julie's brought along, uh, give you a quick card of mine. And this is, of course, a postcard from the past card, like I do on Twitter and in my book. There's an old card, from which I've selected just a part of the message. Um, and this is a multi-view. Many, uh, there's five pictures on the, on the card, and they're divided by um, yellow, rather broad, garish yellow stripes. Uh, it's Somerset. Um, the central image is Cheddar Gorge. Um, and if everything else seems to take its colour palette from Cheddar Gorge, yes. it's all sort of uh, yes. yeah. that sort of creamy stone colour. Uh, Wales Cathedral, Barrington Coombe, Montacute in the Oval, and Glastonbury Abbey. And oh, actually, funny enough, you're talking about seas- days at the seaside. This is this this seems to me a sort of perfect day at the seaside, summed up in a card it's from 1986. I consider that quite modern. It's sent to Clare. Gingell in Chesham in Buckinghamshire. It's from someone called Kelly. Uh, and, and rather sweetly, she puts her surname in brackets, like children do. Oh. From Kelly, brackets, Bateman. So Kelly Bateman. And she says, Dear Claire, I'm having a fantastic time. I've been to a swannery and have seen the Red Arrows. This is good stuff. I went to the beach and made a spaceship out of sand and played in it all day. Dream holiday. Yes. said, We had one really bad day so far. I haven't spotted any earwigs yet. <laughs> so, I, 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 that is lovely. <laughs> I can only imagine that yes. that's a sort of extension of a, a conversation that happened beforehand. Yes. Yeah. Um, otherwise, that's one hell of a sort of uh, strange uh, non sequitur. I love the reminder of how the uh, space age kind of uh, permeated you know, yes. the era. Yes, really yes. nice. And, uh, you know, she's obviously not five years old, she's mm. eight or nine years old, and mm. she's. She played in that spaceship all day. Yes, fantastic. Wonderful, simple yes. pleasures. Yes. Um, I mean, she does go on to complain that the tent is lovely and cosy, but a bit squashed. Yes, so, they usually are. Yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, well done, Kelly. I'll give you another quick one. This is uh, Chroma. So um, we're in Chroma in... Uh, Norfolk. Norfolk in 1999, I think. So again, another quite modern. Um, and this is from someone called... This is from Nan, in fact. Oh, and this one is, um, in a way, the opposite, because actually it's, it's quite um, concerning... If it wasn't 21, 24 years ago, I'd be concerned about this. Um, so it's sent to someone, Emily in, in Ware in Hertfordshire, and it says, Dear Emily, brackets mum and dad, I hope you've had a wonderful holiday. I haven't heard from mummy yet, so I don't know the situation. And this is from Nan, so I think mummy might actually be her daughter. Mm. Um, and she says, Had lovely weather when I stayed at Walton. And then he says... Nearly paddled, nearly paddled. Mm. That's not much fault, they nearly paddled, but anyway. Mm. If you can, will you phone me? I'm so worried about whales. I don't know where your mum is. Lots of love, Nan. Kiss, kiss, kiss. So uh, a strange sort of um, mixture, melange of, of, of sort of happy seaside thoughts and the kind of um, frustration of not being able to get in touch and, and genuine concern. Yes, it's also interesting to send a postcard to ask somebody to phone you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, there is that. Quite often you get this sort of um, meta-communication, don't you? Um, yes. The, the most common one would be, um, I will write soon. Yes, yes. Which, when you first see it, you think, well, you are writing. Yes. But, of course, they mean write properly. Yes. Um, but, yes, um, I suppose because we now consider the post to be so slow and ineffective mm. that to suggest that the card would get there in order to talk about another method of communication seems topsy-turvy, doesn't yes, it? Yes, indeed, yes. Um, yes. I'm more likely to ring someone up and say, by the way, I've sent you a card. Yes. Because that would be the bit that goes first. Yes. But, um, yeah, well, I hope it all worked out. I hope so. Because she was really worried. Yes, I um, hope Mum turned up. Yeah. Though I don't quite know... Yes, one person's daughter and one person's mother. Someone yes. basically wasn't keeping in touch, and they no. should have been. Yes, yes. But, um, but there you go. Um, well, I should remind everyone listening at home, uh, images of these cards and all the cards we discussed today uh, are going to be on the show notes, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see that everything is real and you can have a look for yourselves. Now, Julia, you've been kind enough to bring along with you for this recording uh, some postcards from your collection. Um, What's the first card you've got? And just tell me, where, where, which collection is this from, effectively? Yes, sure. So I have a, what's I call a main collection of 3,000 cards um, that a colleague uh, in the project earlier with me, Nigel Hall, and myself bought over many years, um, Edwardian postcards that have been through the post. And the whole collection of 3,000 cards um, has now been um, donated to Lancaster University Library. Right. So they've digitised them, and they're all freely available online in Lancaster right. Digital Collections, along with the transcriptions. Perfect. So no one has to go through any old shoeboxes anymore. They That's are all right. online. That's right. So it's right. just really kind of happy that there's a good... Um, well, I mean, 3,000 is a fair size. It certainly took us a while to compile it, and I'm glad that it's available open access so anybody can see it. And anyone who's, who's spent any time looking at Edwardian cards will realise that transcribing them is full of traps. It took years. Yes. It, it can took be many, surprisingly many difficult. years. Yes, um, yes. And that's, that's a combination yes. of handwriting and abbreviations and that's smudges. Right. And, yes, yes. And, and you, that was your task? Um. I did a lot. Nigel did a lot. Uh, 
we had relatives at times. I received funding to um, employ briefly PhD students as research assistants. With good eyes. Or other students, yes. And um, what we found actually, Tom, I mean, you're quite right. I find that it takes, if you've got several eyes on it, it works much better. Yes. Or even if I look back at it, you know, some weeks later after I've first struggled with it, that, that works better. Yes. And but, I find you, if, if you can't get a word, skip it. Yes. Oh, yes. Type yes. out the rest. Yes, and then absolutely. You Come may back get to it on later. the. Because yes. ultimately it's about meaning, not about yes, orthography. Indeed. That's right. Yes. Yes. You're quite right. But also, it is difficult because, as I mean, this is something that you are literally the expert on, but um, the, the register which people write in, the way they express things, is, is very different from what we do now. Although we, th- we consider ourselves very informal, often Edwardian postcards are more informal yet. They're very, yes. very chatty or yes. almost... Um, yes, it's just completely... Um, unco- yes, that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, very informal. Yes. Well, I found a whole kind of a range, really. Um, I, I mean, I think the Edwardians absolutely let to use postcards, partly because they were released from the um, etiquette of letter writing. Um, so that's one reason why they absolutely... Uh, why I call it communications revolution, because it was, for the first time, combining colour... Um, images or monochrome images or colour um, with short messages and that it could arrive so quickly, you know, often within hours. So it was an extraordinary change. <laughs> That's the bit that we still don't connect with. Yes, exactly. But it also just released people from the tyranny of writing letters. Yes. However, many of them do actually borrow from letter writer conventions and um, say, dear so-and-so, and yes. kind of end up with a salutation and say things like, I hope you're well. But some of them don't. Some of them, you can abs- you can almost feel you can hear the voice of the person talking. You get, for example, a whole string of sort of questions. Yes. 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 You know, did you see Art Maisie last week? Wasn't her hat amazing? Did you think of, you know, and so forth? Just and and often if, a lack yes. of punctuation, yes. which yes. It makes it harder to transcribe, but it, it also suggests that sort of rush of communication. Exactly. There's something quite exuberant about it yes. often. Yes, yes, Particularly I young agree. women, I find. Yes, and, yes. And, it, and postcards were sometimes seen as a sort of female... Uh, they were, they uh, were. ...fashion to Yes. Uh, most of the uh, the cards in the collection are written by women, but there are a, a high proportion written by men. And actually, the two that I brought along today were both written by men. Okay. But I think it's important to note that women must have been important because women kept women were the ones that kept them. Yes. So the practices of keeping albums um, were, were, was mainly a female thing. Um, and so that's that's another reason, um, another kind of gender influence on them. And, and again, different from our time, because all the uh, gentlemen of a certain age at the postcard fairs that I attend are gentlemen. Yes, Near, pretty, not, not entirely. Yes, but I it agree. Is, it is yes. predominantly uh, it is. A, a male preserve. So it again, is. that's changed. Everything changes. Yes. Um, so let's have a look at this first one. This yes. is pretty much impenetrable. So you've done the work on this. What yes. is it? What are we looking at? Yeah, it is at first sight. So it's a, it's a style called cross-hatching, which the Victorians brought in. And some of the Edwardians were, who were very confident at it could just, just, well, writing it appears quite easy, but they were so used to it that they could just read it straight off. So the card is of mumbles. Yes, exactly. Is card? Yes. Yes, near there. I'm sorry, my... my I have looked it up, but uh, my geography is a bit vague on that, I'm afraid. Isn't it, um, wouldn't it be near a Swansea? Maybe, maybe. Yes. Apologies to those in Mumbles. Yes, of great apologies to those in Mumbles, because actually people in Mumbles have been helpful in uh, helping me learn some things about the card. OK. Mm. Anyway, shall I tell you what yes, it says? Yes, absolutely. Right. So it's written to Mrs George Hardley at Meadowfields, Lytham Road, Ashton, Preston. 
Um, and as I say, as you know, one looking at the card can see it's it's cross-hatched, but actually contains a terrific amount of information. Well, you, you double double yeah, the wording does. in a space. It's does, clever, does. clever. So the writer starts off by um, explaining where they're writing from. So it's Puffin, North Dock, Swansea, 131209, obviously 1909. My dear wife... Lawrence and I were walking up the main street this evening at 4.45 when we came face to face with George. It was a great surprise to all of us. We returned at once to the Puffin, so we are now going to have tea. I shall persuade him to stay here tonight. It seems like old times him being here again tonight. True love to you and all at home. Always yours, George. Oh. So George... George met George? No. Yes. George met George, who's um, a master mariner, right. is walking along with um, Lawrence, who's his 15-year-old second son, um, who's working with him. And they've actually met the eldest son, George, ah. obviously unexpectedly. George is also a mariner, um, but nevertheless, you know, they didn't realise they were going to be at the, at the same spot in the North Dock in Swansea on that day. Amazing. And what's really, I think what's lovely about it is that the older George has immediately wanted to let his wife know. Yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. Worthy of comment. Yes. So they had ten children between them. Goodness um, me. And, um, you know, eight of whom survived uh, toward, to adulthood. And yet it's it's just lovely, both the affection that the uh, older George shows for son George, but also for the uh, the wife and um, all at home. And this this is typical of the part of the work you've done with these cards, isn't it? That you've attempted to use census material and other material to, to, to flesh out these people into, give them real biographies. That's right. So I look, at, I look initially at the um, 1901 census and the 1911 census and when I found, and I found about half of the addressees actually in the in the collection. That's amazing, really. Yes, it is good. It is good. Sometimes it takes a long time, um, or it takes time to sort of trace them. Sometimes I d- sometimes the address is more helpful than the name, or, you know, um, particularly with one of the sites that, uh, that I use. Um, and then I go back in the census as well, and um, sometimes forwards, um, to find out, you know, where these people came from, what their ancestry was, what their occupations are. And the 1911 census is very useful in giving us information about the homes. Right. So you can get some idea of the um, accommodation they're living in. Um, all the censuses say something about occupations. And you can trace, you know, trace people through marriages and registers as well. So, yes, that's what I, I really enjoy. I find it fascinating because yes. when I look at old cards, I often feel this kind of resonance in them because there is this sense that there's lots of different meanings flying around as to obviously there's a picture there's the message there's a who yes. they're from and who they're to and how they were stamped and, yeah. and what the message actually says and so on so there's lots, lots going on kind yes. of vibrating with meaning but you kind of take that to the next stage by adding in this extra information that you can find um, and then they become they're like little um, they're like little short stories then they have, yes. a, they have a narrative yes. to them yes yeah I think so Yes. Certainly the principal yes. characters are fleshed out. Yes, 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 there are. Very, it's, yes. very, it's very good. But it, I, I always, I've known about your project for a long time yes. and we've, we've spoken before. Yes. I, um, I find it slightly frightening <laughs> because there's, I think the figure is that about a billion Edwardian cards were sent. So it's out there somewhere or about a billion... <laughs> And it, and it feels like a kind of something out of Borges or something that you would try to make sense and understand the meanings and the characters of a, a billion cards, more lifetimes than any of us will ever have. Well, well I don't know how many are, are available, but obviously I had that. I kind of had that 
you know, initially I thought I'd go to a thousand. Then I went to a thousand and then thought more was better. So I stopped at 3,000. It's right. not to say, of course, I've carried on collecting since, but right. I kind of thought that was a point at which to say this is a collection yes. and kind of work on it, write about it, deposit it so that people could see it and continue their own research and, if they want. And that 3,000 was enough to be, give, to be able to draw inferences and find patterns? And... I think so. Yes, I think so. I mean, one point is just what you, what you said earlier um, about people saying, I will write soon. Yeah. And that appears so much. Or people yes. say, thank you for your letter, or I'm going to write you a letter, or they just imply it's a letter. So one thing I've worked out is that these were generally written interspersed with letters. Yes, yes. I yes. mean, not they're always. Part, they're but part of the yes. story in that sense. Yes, yes. And it's strange, it was not strange, I suppose, but it's, it's worth remarking that there is not a huge archive of letters out there in no. the same way, because mm. they were destroyed... Yes. thrown away, mm. whereas postcards is almost their unique quality, really, is their, um, the fact that they, they are such effective uh, objects that people yes. want to hold on to them, yeah. even if they're not collecting them consciously. Yes. They're just quite hard to, to part with. Yes, yes, um, yes. I mean, I think that, you know, both of us go to post- postcard fairs and we're usually buying them out of shoeboxes or looking yes. through shoeboxes for them. But they, those those single cards in shoeboxes have generally come from what were originally albums. Yes. So one might imagine that in this case, perhaps it was Mrs Hardley's album and it eventually it's kept for a long time and then, um, you know, eventually dispersed in a house sale or something and they come to us as usually as single items. Yes, and they've nearly all come from house sales, really, haven't they? Yes, I guess so. Oh, so yes, um, yes. But then it's hardly surprising. It's more than 100 years ago. So yes, yes, indeed. You know, mortality mm. will catch up with um, mm-hmm. the original people. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, a quick card from me now. This is, you know, as so often, from the sublime to the ridiculous. We're <laughs> uh, viewed in Cornwall. Um, it's another seaside view, then, if you like. This is a multi-view with... I can't even count them. Too many images. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Lots of blue, lots of little little fishing boats. Yes. Um, actually, it's another youngster writing this one. This is um, 1998. Oh, my goodness, it's, it's too modern. Um, and it's going to Miss Seaman of Cheshunt in Hertfordshire. And I don't know how old she is. Ten, something like that. I, I do like cards from... Uh, it tends to be young girls because young mm. boys don't write cards. No. But young girls are often very playful and want to impress their chums or tease them or carry on jokes. Yes. Um, and in fact, that, that that's not entirely modern. That's also available in Edwardian cars. She says, Dear Laura, having a nice time, are you? It's an aggressive way to put it, but anyway. Um, we went to the beach today, then we went swimming. Please note, chlorine and salt do not mix. <laughs> I don't quite get that. Do you know well, I suppose if they said they went to the beach and then they went swimming, so they went swimming somewhere I mean, else other than the sea. And so it I made, their, a, made yes, the skin tingle, yes, perhaps? Yes, it must okay. have done. Well, she's probably, she did well in science, this girl. Um, I have seen this really nice boy that I think he wants to go out with me. Well, maybe he's a bit older. Uh, I'll find out and tell you. Oh. So this is all the news. Uh, yes. Lots of love, Rebecca. And then, always my favourite thing, a PS. Yes. My friend won't shut up about the boy. <laughs> yes. well, actually, Rebecca, you didn't shut up about no, it. So, no, no, no. Great excitement about the boy. Yeah, yes, so yes. she's sort of trying to scandalise her friend yeah. and she's scandalising herself. And yeah. it's just a sort of sense of um, 
uh, I don't know, just fun about the yes. and putting these things on on paper. Yes, and and in yes. fact, of course. The postman can see it as well. Yes. Mum and Dad might have seen it as they yes. posted it. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, a very modern card. But mm. but there are plenty of Edwardian cards um, talking about uh, people interested in young men and young women. Indeed, most certainly, yes. And actually often extraordinarily, um, almost overpowering uh, expressions of affection mm. from men to women particularly, uh, to, to which I read them and I sort of think, it's just... Give the girls some space, because sometimes they are, you know, your ever-loving, totally affectionate, forever, heaps, heaps and heaps of love and kisses, and, and um, yeah, I suppose that's that's how it was expressed. Yes. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast, and my guest today is Professor of Literacy Studies, Julia Gillen. Now, here's a surprise. We've received a postcard. Um, and it's a postcard of HMS Victory, Classic View. Um, it's one of, one of the, the, the great uh, postcard views from um, 1974, a salmon card. And um, this is from uh, Mrs. Bowley who says, could you please mention my gran on your senior citizen spot? She will be 94 on July the 7th. Um, her name is Mrs. M. Richards. Um, well, uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Bowley, we, we don't do birthday requests. Oh. Right then, Julia, let's get on with your Edwardian cards. What's the second one you've got for us? So the second card is one from a whole collection of cards I've got, um, written to uh, Ruby Ingrie, most of them from Arthur Wadilow. And okay. I've got 14 cards from um, Arthur to Ruby and a few other cards relating to Ruby as well. So one that she sent uh, jointly with, with Arthur when they were visiting his, um, 
his uh, parents in Cambridgeshire. I've got a card from Ruby's sister um, and other members of the family. So I've got so in that case, wow. I have been able to find out a lot about them and actually find out a lot about what happened to them from the period of 1908 to 1909 that we've got lots of evidence from in the cards, um, but then subsequently from these other cards, plus uh, things I've been able to find in the census and other historical records. And in this case, because you've got multiple cards, you, you sort of have a narrative. As yes, it were. yes, with, exactly. With date stamps, yes. luckily. Yes, yes, uh, the, yes. Joy, the joy of postmark. Exactly. So I could put them all in order. Yes, yes, which was good. So the card is a, uh, it's an arty card, really, isn't it? It's a it's a sort of arty sort of sentimental card. Yes, Arthur seems to have gone through phases of choosing different um, themes. So he started off with um, quite cheap cards from Chatham area because right. okay. he was in the Royal Navy as a stoker. Right. Um, so he's gone for kind of the cheapest cards. He's <laughs> then moved towards these sort of sentimental cards. Um, you know, is, sentimental sort of, colour uh, image of nothing in particular. Countryside pastoral image, isn't it? Yes. And it, it comes in a. It has a sort of fake gilt frame on the card. Exactly, yes. Which um, yes, looks yes. quite good, really. Yes, yes, yes. The, the other thing that's quite funny about it is that it doesn't give, as far as I can see, a publisher, but it says, you can just see it, but the publisher has nevertheless printed on it, printed in Saxony. Oh, yes. Now, whether that's true or not, I can't be quite sure, because an actual publisher who did print cards in Saxony who was kind of reputable, would be more likely to put their name on it. So it might. Oh, so who knows, mean. actually, which so company do you think, produced Because it. obviously, I mean, listeners probably know that a lot, of, a lot of early British cards were printed in Germany. Yes. But do you think it became almost a, a badge of honour to say that, even though yes. it was, might actually have been printed in Norfolk? Yes, because in general, the Germans got the colour printing right yes. earlier. Yes. So um, they were able to do more techniques and so forth. And of course, come, come the First World War... None of that happened at all. It was that's all... that's correct. So, beginning so of the first the end world of war, that. we have the end of the the picture postcard craze. Yes, yes, the Great Edwardian picture postcard craze. For that reason, because of um, the rising cost of paper, the st- cost of stamps. So it then cost a penny to send a postcard, and and so that really was the end of the postcard <laughs> revolution. History was conspiring against them a bit. It was by the time of the First World War. So, what does Arthur have to say for himself? Right, so at this point, this is one of the last cards that I have. Not the last, but one of the last cards I have from um, uh, Arthur to Ruby. And he's always making plans to see her. So he's always telling her that he's going to catch the train, he's going to come up, he's going to be on his bike, and uh, and they're going to go out for a bike ride together. Because making plans is a big part of what postcards became used for. Indeed, indeed. And indeed, we know that actually they went off on holiday together on the uh, train and Did with they? their bikes to visit his um, to visit his parents. Lovely. So you would infer from this that, you know, they had quite a relationship. And this card actually says, Dear R, I'm sorry to have to tell you I shall not be home to go for a ride with you on Saturday, as I was late getting on board on Wednesday morning, ran into a fog just this side of somewhere. So I have got to remain on board for three days, but expect to be home on Sunday morning. We'll come round home to see you as soon as I can. Have no time to write a letter from Arthur. So oh. he's been grounded from his late, late return oh, to the boat. Right, they're quite unforgiving. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He was quite, you know, so most of the cards, as I say, are essentially saying, you know, I'm going to come tomorrow on my bike and we'll go out for a ride together or something like that. But occasionally the Royal Navy interferes with his plans by either grounding him in this case or taking him off to Scotland for several weeks. 
it's amazing. There is something about, I mean, I don't know that it's so different from what any collector does, but by digging into this effectively random collection, did you cut out boring ones? Did you oh, say, no, this no. Is, no. So that's part of it. Yes. So you did good. I mean, obviously that's important because yes. boring is part of it. Yes. But nonetheless, there's a sense that it's a lucky dip. Yes. You put in your thumb and you yes. pulled out a plum. Yes. And then kind of regardless of where that plum would take you, you went there. Yes. So you would find out that story. That's right. Uh, yes. Yes. I tried with each and every one. Yes. And I suppose, that not that quite unusual in, in a sort of academic context to have so much um, chance involved that you're, 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 what you're dealing with is... I mean, I don't, I'm not criticising. I no. think it's exactly the right way mm. to do it. Mm. But it feels like there's a lot of... Um, it's kind of exciting. There's something uh, random about it. Yeah. Uh, but that, 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 that seems quite a strange thing to be doing in a way. Well, yes, it is a strange thing for an academic to be doing. So I basically did it on Sundays and evenings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose, you, I said, you have I to have start some... somewhere with anything. You do. You've got to find your material. Yes, so you do. yes, there is yes, no. Yes. You can't know till you've looked at it what's on it. That's right. So I suppose that's, that's it, right. really, isn't it? And it was the excitement of realizing that I had several cards written to Ruby Ingrey that made us think. You know, because I was working with Nigel Hall at the time, um, made us think this is actually really worth looking into. Oh, really? So this is one of the cards that effectively was a springboard for the rest of the collection um i wouldn't say that i would just say that as we bought them and gradually transcribed them and gradually got them organized it took a while before we realized that we got several cards um written to ruby from arthur and then it took even longer in again to um work out that i'd also got a card from arthur's sister to right. you know and, and so forth a few other members of the family so it took quite a while to uh, uncover the story here it's very strange how these cards Obviously, a lot of them would have been, as you say, in an album. So yes. Sort of, they'd sort of yes. found, found their way. They'd, fl- they'd flown into this coop yes. from wherever, from different places around Britain or wherever. That's right. And then with a house sale, with, with the passing of time, they kind of get dispersed. Yes. And some stay just close enough together that you might buy them at the same time. Exactly. Um, exactly. Without even realising as, as we bought them. Yeah, because but you don't have time to go through no, the car and you're in the, in the process right. of buying. That's right, yes. But also I found not infrequently buying Edwardian cards uh, 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 you know, from the, the, the cheapest possible options there are, um, that I will buy some cards that have a particular theme or a, a particular from a particular place, a particular collection or a particular um, correspondent. And then a month later, I'll buy a card and get one that is from the same correspondence. No, they're from the same dealer. Yes. So it's not crazy it's not no, like a, a bolt yes. from heaven yes but they've come up on a different at a different day in a different yes. box yes but yes. um they've sort of they haven't quite dispersed quite they haven't, they haven't quite got away from me exactly yes uh, and that's strange yes. that sort of it, 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 uh, the, the, the image i've used is it's like these um you know the murmurations of of starlings yes. that these things sort of float away in different shapes um but they come back to roost and if you if you're lucky you can find yes. them yes yes Ruby and Arthur are a key part of your uh, research. What what else do we know about them? Well, Ruby is actually very interesting because she comes from a very poor family. She's moving around um, Islington uh, for for the whole period between 1901 to 1911. Her father works in the cattle market. Oh. Um, and they seem to be struggling with, with rent, you know, frequently moving. Yet... Is that the cattle market where... The, 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 the agricultural halls or... 
the metropolitan cattle markets. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. So, so it can't have been an easy beginning, but nonetheless, all six, you know, her and her elder siblings, she was the youngest, all thrived. Um, Ruby herself evidently uh, learnt to read and write very well and became a typist. She went to a typist school, so Arthur sometimes refers to uh, picking her up from there. And by 1911, she was earning quite a good living as a typist. This was not an everyday skill. No, no. But there were some women being able to do it. But there was one... um, I mean, of course, I cannot know if it was an obstacle. But she would not have been allowed to keep her job if she got married. Right, right. So it would have been difficult to marry anybody who wasn't earning enough to support a wife. Yes, yes. So, of course, I don't know, um, can't tell what happened exactly between Ruby and Arthur. Arthur actually left the Navy in 1912 and became a postman. He then became um, a a soldier in the war. He didn't go back into the Navy. Um, Fortunately, he survived the First World War. But while he was away... uh, Ruby's father died and she moved in with her sister. Right. And she married her, um, her, her brother-in-law's brother, in effect, oh, right. who, who, a man called Percy, who was clearly relatively well off. I mean, not very well off, but, uh, you know, definitely um, able to support a wife yes, and yes. The, um, the child that they eventually went on to have. Um, so we don't obviously know then what exactly happens in the relationship between Ruby and Arthur, but we do know that she must have had an album, a substantial postcard album, and that a substantial proportion of the cards in it must have been from Arthur or related, relating to her time with Arthur. And she didn't burn them. Exactly. They they were held on to. Although postcards are good at not... um, they're, They're quite resilient. If you want to get rid of them, you can. Most definitely. So there is often Most a sense definitely. that the yeah. the cards that are kept have survived the sort of various turmoils of life. Yes. You know, yes. Emotional and otherwise. Yes. Yes. Oh, very good. Well, it has an ending. Well, it doesn't have an ending, really. It has a sort of ending. Well, I've so. traced them all through there. I've traced both Ruby and Arthur through there. In Arthur's case, two marriages and, uh, oh, wow. you know, uh, and most of his... Much of his later life he lived in Norfolk, but he lived part of the time in Middlesex, which is where Ruby settled down with her husband and child. Right. Goodness me. And there are 3,000-ish such stories within within the archive, really. um, I've only been able to trace about half of the addressees in the the census. But yes, there are lots of small stories and some that, you know, that can be fleshed out more, like the story of um, Ruby and Arthur and the story of... uh, Every every one of them sounds like a a, a Radio 4 drama. I think they could be. Sometimes I think, you know, could I turn some of them into small dramas? But anyway, I can dream of maybe trying that sometime in the future. Well, people talk about... uh, Sometimes people see the cards and they say to me, oh, it's like the beginning of a short story. Yes. And I say, well, it is a a short story. That's the story. Yes. You don't need to take it any further. No. That's, that's all. That's all you need. That's a good point. Anyway, also, it's all I've got time for. You know, I, I, I can't. I can't be working on these things. Look, Julia, thank you so much for sharing uh, some of your cards today. Um, I, I say the same thing. I never know where the postcards will send us, and they sent us in some very interesting places today. Uh, another quick reminder for listeners at home: uh, images of the cards that prompted these. Uh, stories will all be on the website, so you can have a look, postcardfromthepast.co.uk. Now, before we let Julia out into the slightly drizzly uh, Fitzrovia streets, um, it is our practice to end the show with one of these fragile things. I'm I'm passing across to Julia right now uh, an item. 
It's just a bit like I don't questions. know quite what it is. It's like a large square-shaped card of a shape I've never seen with a some kind of circular thing embossed on it, a hole in the middle. Well, what's the picture? A picture of two yachts and with a couple of charming young people on. <laughs> well, it's a musical postcard. Is it? It is. Now, young Tom from Wardour Studios, who I can see through the glass, has made a digital recording of this card so we can... Uh, hear what it sounds like. Hopefully, with any luck. Oh. Here we go. This is a pick-me-up. What, what does it say? So this one, it, the song is called Canastos. And the, the picture is of a lake in the Alps. Well, that makes sense. That's wonderful. It's not bad quality. I could imagine dancing to this in, in a, a nightclub in the Alps. <laughs> the end of, a, end of a long day's sailing. Indeed, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's a wonderful existence, yes. So there you what are, have I been doing with my life? A musical postcard. Well, as the beautiful young people and the yachts continue spinning at exactly 45 RPM, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guest for sharing the postcards from her and are in the archives past Julia Gillen. Thank you, Julia. Thank you very much, Tom. It's been a delight. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.